Well, blessed. Well, blessed Thursday it is. Blessed Thursday it is. We are certainly delighted and elated for all of you who are joining us as far as a Bible study is concerned. We thank God for each and every one of you who have made it to this particular moment, and we don't take for granted your presence as far as this time uh, together is concerned. Uh, I want to, if I could, uh, call your attention. We want to focus on today, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 through Ephesians chapter 5, verse 7. I want to kind of finish up this lesson that we started last week. And uh, I am very excited about uh, the unpacking as far as this lesson is concerned uh, so that we can become what Christ would have for us to be. So I want to, if we could, let's have a word of prayer as we sense and seek the movement of God as far as this time together is concerned. And then we'll go ahead and get started as far as our lesson is concerned. So let's bow heads for a word of prayer. God, we come and as we do um, this lesson, Living Holy Lives, as we focus on uh, becoming more like you, we pray that you, by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, will be in this moment, be in this space. Give us ears to hear what you desire for us to know. Give us all the capacity to learn and to glean what you will have for us to know so that we can be more like your Christ, becoming more like you. Show yourself strong and mighty, oh God. We thank you for each and every person that is joining us online. Uh, we praise you, oh God, for their presence as far as this space is concerned. And so, Lord, we pray that uh, whatever questions, uh, whatever insights, whatever concerns they may have, that we can address those so that ultimately they can grow as well as glow. Uh, it is in Jesus' name we pray and we claim it done. Amen. 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 All right. Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter uh, 4, rather, verse 25 through Ephesians chapter 5, verse 7. And what I want to do is I want to uh, read those scriptures, those passages, just for a moment, and then we'll look at picking back up on uh, the exposition and the explanation as far as that passage is concerned. So here we go. Uh, Ephesians chapter four, starting at verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Verse 26, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working hard with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Verse 5, therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us and offering a Sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named, even named among you, as is fitting for the saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God and of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words for because of those things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. Do not be partakers with them. 
got a lot to cover. We got a lot to cover. And hopefully and prayerfully, we'll be able to uh, deal with all that we're supposed to be covering uh, at this time. But we got a lot to cover. We got a lot to cover. And verse 25 through verse 27 gives us a whole lot. <laughs> it gives us a whole lot to deal with. And this can take up even a, a great amount of, of time, energy, and effort as far as uh, this moment is concerned. So, therefore, put away lying. And if you would circle the word lying, lying, lying. Uh, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Uh, here, here is what Paul wants us to understand. Paul wants us to understand that when you and I are saved, when you and I become a new creature in Christ Jesus, we are undergoing a, we are undergoing character development. Okay. We're undergoing character development. And in the undergoing of character development, God is doing a work on us, in us, with us, and through us. Okay. So um, in, in that vein, in that vein, uh, Paul wants us to understand that if you are in Christ, hear me, hear me well. If you are in Christ, there's some things that should be changing. <laughs> there's some shifts that ought to be happening. And, and one of the things he is saying is that there's some ways that we engage one another, that we talk to each other, that we behave towards each other, that have to shift. It has to shift. Let me say that again. It has to shift. So, 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 so one of the things that we're going to have to really start wrestling with and dealing with are excuses that we make because somebody ticks us off and we behave in a way that is unchristian. Uh-oh. Now this is where this is where it's getting ready to uh the rubber to hit hit the road. So one of the things that Paul is saying is put away lying. Okay. Because as believers, we got to demonstrate righteousness and holiness. And so we should put away falsehood. Anything that pertains to the old lifestyle and that's not part of living Christ's truth. Okay? Put away falsehood. And the reason that 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 Paul talks about this is because Paul says, number one, we are all members of one another. In other words, we belong to each other. And there's a, check this out, mutual responsibility that we have. So, when anybody, when you hear anyone saying, I don't need nobody but Jesus, or, or I don't need nobody but God, it goes contrary to what it means to be saved and what it means to be part of Christ's body. Am I making any sense? Because guess what? For you to say that you don't need nobody but Jesus uh, to be a disciple of Jesus and to live out this thing, it is totally, hear me well, totally contradictory to what God really intended for us to be as far as uh, relationship and mutuality are concerned. So here's the deal. My hand cannot exist without my arm. My arm means nothing if it's not attached to my body. Okay? So if my arm wasn't attached to my body, it's just an arm but it is not doing anything to benefit the body. And if it's not benefiting the body, it is not benefiting itself. So here's what Paul is really trying to, 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 to drive home. Paul says, you need to put away lying. Why? Because it messes up the unity and it creates conflict and it destroys trust. Check this out. Messes up unity, creates conflict, and destroys trust, okay? Lying 
messes up unity, creates conflict, and destroys trust. He said, that's why you don't need to do it. Truthfulness, however, opens up the door to better understanding. And so we have to be, we have to be truthful with one another. Why? Because we belong to each other. We belong to each other. Now, now, how does this truthfulness, how does this truthfulness play out? This truthfulness plays out by speaking uh, truth in love, not with a sense of arrogance, not with a sense of, of entitlement, not with a sense of superiority, but speaking truth in love. Okay? Speaking truth in love. So he is saying, this is what you got to do. Got to put away lying because it messes up relationship. It distorts unity. It creates conflict. It destroys trust. All right. Then he also says, and I want you to highlight verse 26 and verse 27. Be angry. Do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Highlight all of that. Highlight all of that. All right. Highlight all of that. And I, I want to kind of hone in on this anger piece. Okay. Because part of the problem in the church and with Christians is that some folks have been told or think that because I'm saved, I shouldn't have certain emotions. Because I'm saved, I shouldn't get angry. Because I'm saved, I shouldn't get upset. Because I'm saved, uh, I shouldn't feel a certain way. All right? Paul is saying, be angry, but don't act a fool. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So, there is this thing of known as righteous indignation. Okay? And the words that Paul is quoting, or quoting rather, comes from Psalm verse 4. All right? And let me, if I could, read Psalm 4, verse 4 for you. Psalm 4, verse 4 for you. Okay? And it reads like this. Be angry, and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. You got that? Psalm, P-S-A-L-M, 4, verse 4. That's where Paul is quoting. All right. So here, here's what I want, 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 want to impress upon you. The Bible doesn't tell us that we shouldn't feel angry. Okay? Because there are some things that happen to you personally, that happens in society, that should cause righteous indignation. Okay? There are some things that, 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 that causes us righteous indignation. When you, first of all, when you're mistreated personally, you shouldn't be taking it out. Well, you know, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. No, if you're mistreated, you, you should get angry. When you see societal injustice, you should get angry. When uh, black and brown people continue to be uh, mistreated and discriminated against and racialized, you should get angry. When women aren't treated and are being um, uh, treated in violent ways, you should get angry, okay? Be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your ass. So here is what I want to drill down on us. The Bible doesn't tell us that we shouldn't feel angry. Please understand that. Okay? But it's telling us that if I do become angry, that I should not engage in sinful behavior in dealing with my anger. In other words, I got to handle my anger in a proper manner, all right? 
Anger handled properly allows for you to deal with either personal or societal injustices. All right. Anger handled improperly becomes danger. And all you got to understand is that danger is only one letter away from anger. Okay, let me say it again. Danger is one letter away from anger. So what should happen with our anger, I'm trying to drill this down. I'm hoping I'm making sense. What, what should happen with our anger is that we should not let our anger cause us to become self-righteous, hate people, or become prideful. Okay? You, you, you feeling me? Don't, don't let your anger make you prideful. Don't let your anger cause you to hate people. Don't let your anger cause you to become self-righteous. Now, Jesus became angry. I mean, you know, he went into the temple. They were selling goods and he overturned the money changers table and said, you know, uh, you all have turned my father's house into a, what, a den of thieves. All right. Believers are called to model Jesus. We ought to reserve our anger when we see God dishonored, when we see people being treated wrong. Am I making any sense? Now, let me drill down because I want to deal with this piece about not letting the sun go down on your wrath, not giving place to the devil. I really want to want to, want to drill down on, on this and, and hopefully and, and prayerfully uh, uh, bless us as far as this moment is concerned. Paul says, be angry, but do not sin. In other words, get angry, but do it without sinning. And to do this, we should deal with our anger before the sun goes down. Now, let's unpack what this means. Uh, if it, 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 I believe it's in Deuteronomy 24, um, verse 13, where we get this, this admonition. Um, and, and, and according to Deuteronomy, sunset was the time by which wrongs against God and against others should be made right. And so let me read Deuteronomy 24.13 and uh, 24.15 to you. It says, you shall in any case return the pledge to him again when the sun goes down, that he may sleep in his own garment and bless you. It shall be righteousness to you before the Lord your God. And then verse 15 says, each day, you shall give him his wages and not let the sun go down on it, for he is poor and has set his heart on it, lest he cry out against you to the Lord and it be sin to you. So what Paul has done is has taken the, the admonitions of Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 13 through 15, that is dealing with, check this out, paying people, or keeping a promise to people and has applied it to being angry. Okay. So Deuteronomy 24, 13 through 15 does not deal with anger per se, but it deals with how you treat people. So say for instance, now back then we know it just doesn't happen in today's culture. Back then, if you did a, a, a day's work, you pay that person when the sun goes down. They don't do that today. You don't, you don't get paid sometimes until a month out. Definitely, you ain't getting paid every day. Uh, most of us get paid maybe once a week or once every two weeks or on the 1st or the 15th or the 15th and 30th. But God knows we ain't getting paid every day. So what Deuteronomy back then was saying is don't cheat a person out of their wages. Make sure they're paid. 
before the sun goes down. Paul is taking that particular uh, uh, application of paying wages, of treating people right, of keeping your word, and applying it to being angry. And what Paul is saying is, don't let anger smolder and burn over time that it causes the devil to get a foothold. Because how many of us know that the enemy can use anger, even righteous anger, to cause us to sin? Hopefully I'm making some sense here. That if we don't deal with anger in a divine godly way, that the enemy will take even righteous indignation and cause us to do some bad, wrong things. Okay? Anger that is allowed to set and smolder and take root over time gives the devil a foothold because here's what happens. We become bitter. I know I'm teaching good right now. We become resentful. I, I, I know I'm teaching good right now. We hold grudges and we sin. Now, here's the deal. You know, you, 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 you know, you know why I'm teaching good? Because I'm, I'm, I'm talking about myself because I, I've engaged in behaviors like this. I know what it means to hold on to anger. And that anger becomes bitterness and a grudge. And it not allows me to be in good relationship. It allows for me to have a funky attitude. And it allows for me not to model Jesus. And it allows for me not to be a good Christian. I, I know what that's like. I, I, I know what it's like to, to feel like you've been treated wrong. Nobody has apologized. Uh, nobody seemed like they, they realize they are fault. And every time you see that person, you want to choke them. <laughs> you want to choke them, cuss them out, do something bad to them. I, I, listen, I know. I, I, I have been there. I know how the devil can get a foothold because of righteous indignation that was allowed to smolder and burn and take root. Which is why, ooh, I'm getting ready to drop, here, here's the bombshell, which is why forgiveness is so important. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Yeah, sis. Forgiveness is so important. Let me say it one more time for the Holy Ghost. Forgiveness is so important. Because even when I'm angry, even when I'm frustrated, that one of the things that I have to do in my anger so that the sun does not go down on my wrath and allows for my wrath to, to transition to bitterness, grudges, and, and craziness is I got to be willing to forgive even when forgiveness has not been sought. Because I, I got to do it. I got to do it so I can be in, check this out, in relationship with myself, number one. And so eventually I can at least be Gracious, I like that word, gracious to somebody else. All right. And I, I, I hope, I hope I'm making some sense because here, here's how, here's how the devil works. Here's how the devil works. Here's how the devil works. The devil, that old bees above, can, can take our anger and use it to destroy the unity in the church, destroy our love for one another. And so that's why it's so good to just deal with situations immediately. And perhaps going back to the very beginning of this pericope, speaking truth helps you to move beyond 
allowing anger to take root. Now, now, now watch this. I'm getting ready to say something. I'm getting ready to say something that goes totally, totally contrary to the culture. But it is biblical. Because a lot of us want to think that, well, if I speak truth, I give, you know, give somebody a piece of my mind. No, you ain't got that much of a mind to give. <laughs> you better keep, you better keep your peace of mind, P-I-E-C-E, -E, so you have a peace of mind, P-E-A-C-E. Let me say that again. You better keep your peace of mind, P-I-E-C-E, -E, so you have a peace of mind, P-E-A-C-E. -E. Because speaking truth has the caveat of speaking truth in love, not in anger. Because here's what happened. If you speak truth thoughtlessly, your anger winds up hurting others. It destroys relationship. If you keep it inside, it causes you to become bitter and it, it messes you up. You wind up having heartburn. You wind up having indigestion. You wind up having all kinds of issues within your body because the body tells. The body tells. The, 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 body, the body will tell. Paul tells us, deal with anger so that it builds relationship rather than destroying them. If we nurse the anger, the devil sees that and uses that as an opportunity to what? Divide. When used correctly, anger can motivate us to right or wrong. Anger can address a grievance. Anger can correct an injustice. It, anger produces energy that when used positively, we become mediators of righteousness. When used improperly, we become perpetuators of the demonic. Ooh, I'm teaching good. So, so use improperly, it's going to burn us. Okay? And it, it burns folks around you. So, 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 so here's an application. Let me throw this out there because if this is where you are, this is what you got to do. You angry with someone by night? Are, are you angry with someone right now? What can you do to resolve it? And, and don't let the day end before you start dealing with that. And part of the way Part of the way that you can start dealing with that is, first of all, issuing forgiveness, even when it's not sought. Even, even when it's not sought. Now, now, one thing about your pastor, I, you know, I'm, I'm transparent. I know how this is because I've dealt with stuff like this. I've dealt with stuff like this. Family, church folks, clergy, <laughs> uh, um, I've dealt with stuff like this. And I'll admit there have been times when, when the enemy took hold and did and did a real good number on me. All right. <sighs> Don't give the enemy an opportunity to take righteous indignation and flip it and cause you to do what the Lord does not intend for you to do. All right. Why do I have the feeling I ain't going to finish this today? <laughs> why, why do I have the feeling that I ain't going to finish this today? Oh, God. All right. Here's another one. Verse 28 talks about, verse 28 talks about, 
Let him who still stole still no longer, but let him rather labor, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. This is interesting, isn't it? That we as Christians, now watch this. Watch what Paul does. Paul is saying that we as Christians, number one, should not steal. That's a that's one of the Ten Commandments. That's a that's a basic. We shouldn't steal. But we're to work. Not, but we're to work in order to give to the needy. So Paul is saying, interestingly, that the purpose of our work is to be a blessing to somebody else. Hmm. That's interesting. The purpose of our work is to be a blessing to somebody else. And, and what Paul is dealing with is the image of a thief, a robber, a bandit. And again, Paul is talking about putting off the lifestyle of what we used to do prior to being saved. Now, what Paul wants us to understand is that most people who are lazy steal. They steal. Most lazy people steal. Okay. Why? Because they don't work. <laughs> so, so stealing and idleness kind of goes hand in hand. And Paul is saying that not only should you stop stealing, but work. Work. Do something with your hands, your mind. Work. Now, let me, if I could, set this within the context, set this within the context, the cultural context of what Paul was dealing with at the time that he wrote this. Because back then, they had slaves. All right. Now, again, let me set context culturally so you don't be trying to do equivalences and equating one form with another. The slaves during the time of Paul's writing, the slavery that was taking place during that time, and all slavery is bad, but that slavery was nowhere near, nowhere near what American slavery was. Nowhere near, let me say it again, what American slavery was. All right? Slaves back then, Many of them were uh, prisoners of war or um, caught up because they had lost a fight. Okay. So they were either prisoners of war and they became slaves. But most of those slaves were as educated, if not more so educated, than the person to whom they were enslaved. Okay? Trying to set it up. When our slave forebearers, our enslaved ancestors, they took away our language, they took away our education, they took away our, 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 our agency, they took away all of that. That was not typical of slavery back during Paul's time. Slaves back during Paul's time, many of them were learned, educated. They uh, had the capacity as far as, watch this, teaching and pouring into their uh, in their owners' children. So I, I want to put that for. I want to put that for. So what Paul was saying is that uh, slaves back then would steal from the households they served. They, they, they would steal. So here's the crazy thing, but slaves were also part of the church. So Paul is talking to all of them 
And he is saying, all believers, work hard, do your part in the community, hold your own, and not expect anyone else to support them. Okay? Even then, Paul wanted us to understand that the purpose of our labor is not only to enrich ourselves, but to give to those who are in need. Giving, generosity, the heartbeat of Christianity is generosity. And say it again, the heartbeat of Christianity is generosity. Right? That that's how we that's how people know you're a Christian. And and you know, we tend to say, you know, God is love. Yeah, God is love. But how does God demonstrate that love? God demonstrate that love because God gave. The heartbeat of Christianity is generosity. Okay? It's generosity. Hold lightly to your, your possessions down here because we can have treasure in heaven. Nevertheless, I'm not telling you not to accumulate things, but don't allow for your possessions to define you. We have greater treasures in other places. All right. Uh, I'm afraid I'm not going to finish today. I'm just on verse 29 through 32, and we'll call it a day. This is another place where we as Christians got to work on that mouth. <laughs> that mouth. Paul, Paul says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to hearers. Then he talks about in verse 30, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. In verse 31, let all bitterness, he gives all this stuff we're not supposed to do. And then he talks about being kind, tender hearted, forgive one another, as Christ forgive us. Now, I'll close on this. I'll deal with um, chapter five, verse one through seven next week. Because I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to finish this. <laughs> so let's talk about this wholesome talk. Because I know I'm getting ready to mess with, with, with some of us. Because I've seen teachers say, I'm a Christian, but I cuss a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a Christian, but, but, but I cuss a little bit. Um, well, what um, Paul is saying is that we shouldn't even be bragging about that. That ain't nothing to brag about. That, that, that ain't nothing to brag about. Here, 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 is, here is where the rubber hits the road. Here is where the rubber hits the road. We, we, we are not to speak unwholesome words or rotten words, but helpful words. Words that lift up, that edify, that benefit. Our words are to be true and pure and contribute to blessing others. And the Holy Spirit ought to be guiding our speech. And part of the way that many of us grieve the Holy Spirit is through our speech. So Paul is saying, as believers, you better be careful about what you say. Because this unwholesome basically means worthless talk like gossip and slander coarse language, worthless language. 
I know. I know. Folks going around wearing t-shirts talking about, I'm a Christian, but I cuss a little. Well, you might want to get rid of that t-shirt. That ain't good. That that that's not a good. <laughs> that that's not a good witness for the kingdom. I'm holy, but I got a little hood in me. Well, the holy God should be working. If 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 hood is dealing with with ratchetness and craziness and stuff, the Holy Spirit ought to be working that stuff out of you. They ain't they ain't a good. That's not a good witness, you all, for the kingdom. It it it, it just. It just ain't. Because here is how we grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. You and I are sealed to the day of redemption. And if we have the Holy Spirit in us, then the Holy Spirit ought to be giving us power to live a new life. I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> Every day we are dealing with our crazy, sinful behavior, but we should be trying to be more like Christ. And if we refuse to try to be more like Christ, if we constantly lie, if we constantly do bad things with our anger, if we constantly engage in foul talk, if we constantly steal, we're grieving the Holy Spirit. When we fight one another, we grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us a privilege and a responsibility. The responsibility, don't dissipate the Holy Spirit. Don't disappoint the Holy Spirit. The privilege is our promised future. We are sealed till the day of redemption. So there are some things that we as children, daughters and sons of God, sons and daughters of the Most High, that we should not be doing. And a lot of it has to deal with our talk. Because most of the time we grieve the Holy Spirit through how we interact with each other. It saddens God's spirit. Yeah, I mean, I get too many amens on this. <laughs> but it is what it is. And I'm speaking truth and love. Verse 31, 32, I call it a day. Here it is. So Paul says, get rid of, a, get a rid of, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Highlight all of that. Highlight all of that. Highlight all of that. None of these attitudes, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, malice, are characteristics of life in the spirit. Okay. Now, let me unpack some stuff. Let me unpack some stuff. <sighs> let me unpack some stuff. Bitterness. Bitterness is the refusal to engage in forgiveness that can lead to reconciliation. Bitterness. Rage or wrath. That is outbursts of quick temper for selfish reasons. Uh, uh, continual and uncontrolled behavior. Now, human wrath is different from God's wrath. Okay. Anger. Anger in this particular instance, because wait, Pastor, didn't you just tell us be angry, but don't sin, don't let the sun go down on our wrath? Yes. So let me deal with anger in this context. Anger is your continual hatred that keeps bottled up within. 
Okay, that's 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 the hatred you keep bottled up within. Clamor. Clamor is for all practical purposes, fighting or brawling. Loud self-assertions of angry people determined to make their grievances known. That's fighting physically or verbally. Slander or evil speaking. Evil speaking. That, that's, that's destroying a, a person's good reputation by lying, gossiping, spreading rumors. Defamation of character. And yes, it happens in the church. It happens in the church. It happens in the church. It, it, it's, it's something that destroys the relationship. It's, it's the deliberate attempt to harm somebody else. So Paul is saying, put away all that stuff because that stuff breathes the Holy Spirit. And I close on verse 32 uh, where he wants us to understand. Be kind to one another. Be benevolent, be charitable, be generous, be gracious to one another. Uh, Tenderhearted, that's, that's compassion. Showing mercy. As believers, we, we, in order to be in relationship, we gotta constantly forgive one another. Why? Because God forgives us through Jesus Christ. That's the only way that God can be in relationship with us is because he forgives. God had to give up Jesus to forgive us. We have nothing to give up but our selfish nature and our unwillingness to forgive those who have wronged us puts us out of line with the will of God. So if I want forgiveness, I got to forgive because God has forgiven me. Watch this. Even when I don't want to forgive. Or even when I feel like I've been wrong and they haven't apologized. Still got to forgive. Because when you know you've been forgiven by God through Christ. You ought to then pass that on. If we are unwilling to forgive, we're not following Christ. Because even Jesus on the cross on the cross said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, here's what I'm trying to impress upon you, beloved. This is what Paul is saying, how we ought to treat each other in the church. This is how Paul is saying we, we ought to be doing this to each other in the church among believers. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. That people in the world, in the culture are to see us behaving so differently among each other and with each other that they will want to be a part of that gathering so they can receive the same benefits. So here's where I want to drive the stake, put the land line in the sand. The total summation that if we're able to do verse 32, everything else flows and takes care of itself.
if, if I'm able to do verse 32, kind to one another, tender heart, forgiving, then I won't be bitter. I won't be fighting. I won't be slandering. I won't hold on to, to anger. I'll be kind. Uh, uh, I won't cuss folks out. I won't talk about, I won't put a cap in somebody. Uh, you know, I just, just won't do that. Uh, just won't do that. Just won't do that. Yeah, so it's a tough road to, tough road to hope. Yeah, so I'll close that. I'm, I'm looking in the chat. I see someone asked, Pascal, how do we hold on to forgiving, to the forgiving part where hurt continues afterwards? If you're holding on to the hurt, then you haven't forgiven. If you're holding on to the bitterness, you have not forgiven. How do you work with someone that's so bitter that forgiveness is always on the other person? Well, Jesus says we should not forgive our brother seven times seven, but 70 times seven. So you forgive as often as you need to because it's what God does for us. Um, so someone said, I went through this. The person said mean hurtful things that caused me to be angry. I had some choice words because I was hurt and talked to them. Am I wrong? Yeah, you wrong. <laughs> you wrong. If you say you're a Christian, you're wrong. So sometimes you may have to be the first one to say, listen, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said what I said. And don't allow for you, you to do deflection where I say, you know, well, you said it first and I was just coming back at you. No, you were wrong. Now, if you don't, you don't want, want truth, don't ask me. And if that person continues to hurt, then you don't, you, 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 part up is continuing to hurt. The only way that somebody can continue to hurt is you allow for them to continue to hurt. And I don't know what the intricacies of that, of what you're talking about. So I can't really address that in this forum. Um, but I will say that if you're holding on to bitterness, you have not forgiven. I can say that unequivocally. If you're holding on to forgive, to bitterness, that every time you see that person, you know, you'll you do butterflies, your stomach is doing flips and you want to choke them. You haven't forgiven. Them. I can say that. Yeah. I, I, I can say that. I will also say that uh, without knowing all the intricacies that sometimes you just need to either get therapy to deal with your own personal internal hurt uh, and uh, put it in the hands of the Lord. But stop, but stop justifying you treating somebody bad because they treated you bad. And, and, and that's, why, that's why it's hard to live this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. That's why, it's, that's, that's why you can't, that's, well, I'm not angry, they are. You can't control how somebody else do. That's not your, that's not your capacity to, to someone said, uh, I'm not angry, they are. So my thing is, you can't control what they do. Um, but if they're angry towards you, that ain't your issue if you're doing what is right and 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 being gracious. That's their stuff. And you ain't God. So stop trying to fix folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You ain't God. Stop trying to trying to fix folks. Okay, that that ain't that ain't your stuff. And if they acting that way towards you, you you may not need to be in relationship with them until they get over that. All right. <clears throat> well, um, I, I am I'm looking at timeline and not timeline chat line and and y'all are really blowing this thing up today. <laughs> why is it hard to maintain composure somebody said why is it hard to maintain composure sometimes when we're angry because we don't let the spirit have control we're operating out of our sinful nature that, rather than out of our our redeemed nature 
Uh-huh. Yep. So that's why. That's why we fly off at the hand because the Lord still got some stuff that he needs to fix. And, and when we fly off at the hand, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, we grieve the Holy Spirit. All right. Well, um, I'm wrapping up. Uh, uh, somebody said, so is it a conscious decision on my part? Uh, it is both conscious and a spiritual decision on your part. Yes. Conscious and spiritual. All right. Hopefully I'll, I'll well, prayerfully I'll finish up uh, chapter five, verse one through seven next week to finish up this portion of the lesson on living holy lives. Uh, so thank you all for your sharing. Listen, you want to demonstrate the heartbeat of God? You can give at this particular time. And there are several ways you can give here at St. Paul. You can either drop off check, cash money, or to here at church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Or you can um, mail check or um, mail your check or money order to the church or drop off check, cash money order here at church. Call church office first. Make sure someone is here to receive it at 704-334-5309. You can also give through our website, uh, Church Life or ACS. You can give in that manner. And you can give through the app called Givelify. Uh, and if you want to give for Bible study, you can go to the portion that says TNT and give as far as that's concerned. Uh, so uh, thank you all for your time. I hope this has been uh enriching and encouraging, but even more so edifying and cause us to continue to work on what we need to do to become what Jesus would have for us to be. But listen, have a blessed Thursday. Uh, take care of you all yourselves. And Lord says the same, join us uh, this weekend as we will be preparing uh, barrels to uh, send to Liberia. That will take place on Saturday at nine o'clock. You meet in the sanctuary and they will tell you where you need to go. And then, of course, join us for Sunday morning live as well as for worship on Sunday. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. Take care of yourselves and um, see you soon. strengthened was my feet and my ankles but God can do something little that makes a big difference somebody in this room has a shout that you've been waiting to get out and it's not because you live in a mansion it's because your lights and your water still on in your apartment it's not that you drive a Maybach. It's not that you purchase a Lamborghini in the pandemic. It's that your Toyota, your Lexus, and your Ford still allow gas and the wheels still roll. You ought to thank God for little blessings. That you're still in your right mind. That the bullet missed your baby. That the COVID didn't kill you. Somebody ought to thank God for... You didn't come up in here to look cute. You ought to thank God your ankles are stronger. Somebody put it in the chat online. My ankles are getting stronger. My ankles are getting stronger. God may not change everything, but he can change a little thing that makes a big difference. So y'all see me leaping. But what you don't know is, for over 40 years, I ain't never been able to leap. So now when I leap, I'm saying now unto him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all I can ask or think according to the power It got there, but what matters is where I was 
when I got marred and I was in the hand of the potter. Is there anybody in the building that can say I'm going to stay in the hand of the potter? I know when you look at me, you think I'm a little messed up. And I know when you look at me, you know some stuff about my past. And how many know some of it might be true? But no matter what you know, I'm still in his hands. I caught a court case, but I'm still in his hands. I was diagnosed with cancer, but I'm still in the potter's hands. And he is not finished with me yet. I gotta get out of here. But is there anybody that doesn't mind saying, do it again? Because the Bible says that God looked at the clay and said, I know it's not everything that I wanted to be, but he made it again and seemed fit. Not Palm Sunday faith. Gethsemane faith says, you know what? I know what you can do. You may not do it, but I know you can. That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they told King Nebuchadnezzar, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we ain't gonna, we gonna still take a knee during the national anthem, but check this out. Our God is able to deliver us, but if not, we're still not going to bow down because our worship of God is not determined by what God does. It's determined by who God is. And I know who God is. God is the joy and the strength of my life. Moves all pain, misery, and strife. Promise to keep me, never to leave me. Never ever come short of his word. I've got to fast and pray. Stay in the narrow way. God is my all in all. God is a heart fixer. God is a bridge over troubled waters. God is a mind regulator. God is sovereign. God is supreme. God is faithful. God is good. God is great. God is creator. God is sustainer. God is lawyer in trouble. God is doctor who never lost a patient. God is. God is. God is.